The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of The Roundtable brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. You know, uh, it's not RJ Ocho. I said it last time, and uh, people people wel- welcomed me with open arms, and um, I'm hoping you guys can do that again. Welcome. Um, you know, I'm here with a good cast, a great cast, actually, and, um, you know, I'm excited to be here again. Uh, and I'll start with you, Chris. Chris Holling, to my right, Chris, how are you feeling? And if you had to pick a number to be in the NFL, what would your number be, and would it be zero? Um... I'm doing good. If I were to pick a number, I would probably do number seven. I don't know. I just like the number seven. I always have okay. maybe that lucky number Trayvon seven. Diggs. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so then to the bottom of him is Danny Phantom. Danny, I I won't ask you what your favorite number is, but I'll ask you briefly how where you stand on the zero issue. Are you in? Are you out? Is it weird? How do you feel about it? Well, my feeling is this, and I tweeted this earlier. I, I'm indifferent about it. I think that if you're playing well, it it will grow on everybody. They'll just they'll they'll get used to it and they'll like it. Uh, if you're not, then it's you're gonna look ridiculous. So uh, that's my feeling on it. Um, and yeah, my my favorite number, the number I'd be, you know, I'm Danny Phantom 24. So I mean, it's gonna be 24. Everson Walls um, started there, and that's that's kind of just been our our family number since. So for sure, you know, and, and the Mamba wore it to uh, you know willie mays ward all my favorites for even barry bonds who's switched to 25 ward at, at one point so so all my favorites seem to find find that number so uh tw- it would be 24 for me what about ken griffey jr was he 24 am i missing yeah. yeah that's a good number that's actually a high quality number there and uh brandon c what is your number for me it's, it's the number 21 uh, i was i was born on the 21st of september uh, Deion Sanders is my favorite player of all time. So it, it fit, you know, you know, playing youth football and then all the way up, uh, throughout the ranks of, of school, I wore the number 21 whenever I could, unless someone stole it from me, but I've always, always loved the number 21. And it was nice to, it, it was nice to see Zeke wearing it. Now it's going to be cool to see Gilmore wearing it. So I'm, I'm excited to see how he does with 21 on. I wanted to ask you, uh, Danny, because uh, Danny, you're the you've been the Cowboys fan for the longest, just uh, based on age and seniority here. Where is your stance on the? This wasn't on the list, but where's your stance with the Stephon Gilmore wearing 21? Is that added pressure? Is that something that, like, man, you read you better be able to bring it if you're wearing the star in the 21, or do you think it's no big deal? No big deal. I mean, I'm not a big Dion fan. In fact, you know, I, I won't get into it, but he's not for for several reasons. He's not one of my favorites for sure. So. I mean, I love Zeke wearing it, and I love Julius Jones wearing it. I, I don't care. So, I mean, I think it's great. Uh, and here, I'll say this, and this won't be a very popular opinion, but hey, you know, you got into this, so you asked for it. I, it wouldn't have crushed me. It wouldn't have hurt my feelings if Brandon Cooks wore number 12. I'm, I'm You know, I know it's sacred in Cowboys Nation, and I you're not going to find a bigger fan than Roger Staub. I mean, I think that what he's brought to this team is just, I mean, you can't even measure that. But at the same time, you know, it's it's a number, and to me, it, it would just it would just look different. So I, I just don't have a problem with. It. I'm not one of those like how dare you type of people that you know you wear a number and it's just like look at no. Is anybody upset about Damone Clark running around with 33? No. Mm. So I, I think it's one of those things you do just. It would be easy to just kind of um, you know, get get by, get get past if if uh, you just you know let it run its course and you get a little used to it. So. That's my feeling on that. Uh, no problem at all. Gilmore is going to, 
you know what? It's about time we had a hard work in corner that wore 21 that was fundamentally sound and isn't afraid to tackle. So, you know, more power to you, Stefan. Chris, I want to ask you, I mean, a little bit about the Dion, uh, you know, the Dion Stefan Gilmore thing at 21. Uh, one, what's your thoughts on that? And two, how do you feel about Brendan Cooks in the three? I mean, I know we're talking about numbers. I didn't really plan on starting this, but when Micah Parsons and J. Ron Curse are fighting over zero, I think that we should lead off the show with a little bit of number talk. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually like the 21 just because uh, the whole Dion connection. I think that that'll be pretty cool. Um, in terms of Brandon Cooks wearing three, I think he'll look good in it. I'm I'm not opposed to somebody getting number 12 again in Dallas, but I think it should be someone who's drafted and someone who really has his whole career kind of in Dallas. Like, I don't want to just give it to, you know, a vet who we trade for late in his career kind of thing. But yeah, no, like overall, I like the 21. I think it's a little interesting how quickly it got, you know, taken after we let go of Ezekiel Elliott. But you know, I guess it's the business and Stefan Gilmore had his choice of numbers. So I'm excited to see him wear 21. And I think that maybe it's that kind of a Deion Sanders-esque pickup. I don't know. Hey, so I, I wanted to <laughs> save this question for you, Brandon. Um, I know you're his biggest fan. So how do you feel about Brandon Cooks taking number three? Did uh, Does this mean the end of Anthony Brown as we know it? I know you, I'm sure you're not too upset about that. <laughs> I'm certainly not too upset about that. You, you guys, You guys know how I feel about Anthony Brown. All, all respect in the world. I hope he gets gets well with everything with his injury. Nothing, no, no hatred there, of course. But you know, it, you know, I'm I'm ready to move on uh, from Anthony Brown. See, and that's the thing with Deion Sanders. I, I you know, I, I know a lot of people are going to give him flack for for not tackling. Uh, you know, he's not he wasn't known as a tackler, but uh, he was a playmaker. You know, he caught some. You know, he was a good receiver as well. Heck of a baseball player. He just he he just did a lot of the things that when I was a kid, like I just I just watched all the. You know, he was a flashy guy. So like as a kid, that was just somebody I looked I looked uh, looked up to in that aspect, and uh, you know I I just he just he was just a lot of fun on re- in the return game. It's just you I just tell people if you haven't you know a lot of, you know especially Chris you know Chris is uh, you know he's a youngster so it's like anyone that's young like that I always say go watch the, go watch the highlights. I mean you'll you'll see some great plays from him. I, I get the tech the technical stuff on the tackling and whatnot, but Deion Sanders to me is one of the most electric uh, uh, players in, in the league history. And on the baseball side, fun fact, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. is actually my favorite Major League Baseball player of all time. So when you guys are talking Griffey, 24 is a good number, too. But, uh, you know, 21 for me is is, is always going to be uh, – it's Deion Sanders in my book, no matter what. For what it's worth, and nobody cares, but I'll say it anyway, um, I grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts. I played for the Worcester Cowboys. I played quarterback. So, of course, I was number eight. My favorite number is eight. It's still number eight. Um, it's attached to my email. It's attached to everything I do. So for anybody who cares what number, my favorite number is, is it's for eight. It's for Trey Aikman. And, um, you know, it is what it is. That's my guy. It's always going to be my guy. And I know there's a ton of debate about Trey Aikman and the, and the history and his ranking in quarterbacks. But he's my guy. And that's just I'm sticking to that. But to kind of get back on track and to talk about what we came here to talk about, which was the future of the offensive line, I wanted to get us back on track with that. Um, there's been a lot of rumblings. And Mike McCarthy, Stephen Jones, um, a lot of people get to talk about the Cowboys or talk with the media today from the Cowboys um, at the you know the coaches' meetings or the owners' meetings there. And um, we want to kind of initiate it, and I'll start off with you, Danny. The report is the Cowboys are taking a look at Terrence Steele, a left guard, that is the report out there from Clarence Hill. Do you believe it? Are you buying it? And what is your initial thoughts? I am not buying it. I think it's a complete facade. And here, here's what here's what I think of this. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I think this is just not a good idea. But I think that what's behind this is the Cowboys are just trying to paint a picture that they're just going to be open-minded to all possibilities. They're going to, you know... Find the best five guys is what we'll probably hear a lot, you know, as we build up through camp and then towards the regular season. But I think what this is really doing, I think it sets the table for the Cowboys not playing Tyron Smith at points during this season. Because I think when the, when you look at things and the, and the dust settles, you're going to find your two best tackles are going to be the young guys. And remember, Tyron Smith is on a very cleverly constructed contract that is he gets paid based on you know playing time and to me i think you know we know that tyron smith does it's really long shot for him to survive a a full season so they may want to try to preserve his health they may try to end up being he may be the swing guy and i think they'll be able to do that if they say you know what we get we explored all these different possibilities and we're just making the decision what's best for the team. I think that's going to be something that Tyron Smith 
wouldn't be having an issue with. To me, I think this is just, I think it's a facade. I don't, I mean, it's, you know, I'll get into it later, but I just think that there's so many uh, bad reasons that you would, you would pull Terrence Steele from, from his tackle spot. So uh, I just, I don't buy into it at all. Chris, I want to ask you, there's so many different ways the Cowboys can handle this tackle position and how they're going to address left guard. Why did it feel like this is the only one that nobody was talking about or thought was the right answer? Like, are you just totally thinking that this is smoke and that Terrence Dale at left guard is eventually something that just will, will never see actually happen? Yeah, I think it's smoke, and I think it's smoke for two reasons. A, it's smoke because then the Cowboys can kind of hide their interest in maybe a left guard early in the draft. I also think it's smoke, too, because the Cowboys are going to be in active negotiations on a contract with Terrence Steele, and, you know, when you make him a left guard, and when you talk about him being a backup swing tackle, guess what that does? It kind of devalues him a little bit, and, you know, I don't want to accuse the front office of doing that, but, you know, it is business, so I think it's smoke. I don't see it happening. It just doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, we have a left tackle who we drafted to play left guard, and a former all-pro left tackle is moving to the right tackle so that the right tackle can play left guard. You're just playing a game of musical chairs at that offensive line position by doing that. It doesn't really make sense to me. I think if you're planning on starting Tyron Smith, then I think and Terrence Steele is healthy, you got to put Terrence Steele at that right tackle spot and then just kick Tyler Smith into that left guard position. So that would be my ideal five. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's smoke. I don't buy it. Brandon, um, for me, when I look at this, it, it just I have more questions than I have answers. So I wanted to ask you one of these questions. Does this tell you something about Terrence Steele's development or do you think this is actually something that's real? I don't think it's I don't think it's really much of a I don't think it's a development situation. I don't I just think it, like Chris's point. I just think it's completely a smokescreen. I, I just I, I if, if you had to do anything for a swing tackle. To me, it's always going to be Tyler Smith until Tyron Smith is out. I know, I know Tyron Smith. He hasn't played since twenty, you know, a full a full season since twenty fifteen, if I'm not mistaken. So obviously, we're all expecting him to miss time. So the perfect the perfect situation here is you leave you leave Terrence Steele at the at the right tackle position where he's where he's played very well. I think he's had some he's had some he's improved so much since he he came he came in as an undrafted free agent. And then Tyler Smith, keep him at guard for now. He's, I think he, you know, he's he's done a good job at left tackle when needed. But Tyron Smith is the, you know, he, you know, keep him at left tackle until, unfortunately, you know, we expect him to, you know, he's probably gonna get hurt again. And that, that's, I hate saying that, but that's that's just the reality of things. So for me, it's you know, you put you put Tyler Smith, the Smith, Elder Smith, younger Smith on the left side, and then you keep you keep uh, Ty, uh, Terrence Steele at right tackle. And you know what? This, you know, it, it's always gonna be smokescreen season when you're close to April. And it's just it's hiding it's hiding the fact that I think the Cowboys in the I would say by day day two they're they're taking an interior offensive lineman I, I think that's you know they may even they may wait till the you know maybe day three in the fourth round for for uh, Voorhees out of USC to you know to make you know to maybe make you know because he's going to be out with the ACL injury but he was a high end prospect you know he could sit as a red shirt which gives them time you know to see what happens with Tyron Smith and then when maybe when Tyron Smith's out the door. You slide Tyler Smith over. You put Voorhees a left guard. You leave you leave Terrence Steele at right tackle, and then you're and then you're good to go. I mean, they also could go with uh, I think it's Torrance out of uh, out of the Gators, uh, University of Florida. That's another another guy who could be targeted at 26. I just to me it's I just think I, I think it would not be a smart move. Terrence Steele has done a heck of a job at the right tackle position. Anywhere else for him on the line, it's just it's a detriment to the roster and a detriment to the offensive line. Yeah, guys made out of point before we kind of go forward. I want to remind everybody who's, you know, been a veteran to the round table. Um, I will be keeping score, you know, so just going to keep score here. We will have a winner at the end of this. And um, before we kind of pivot here, um, I want to give my little two cents on it. Um, you know, it, for me, it's, it's perplexing, right? Because there's so many different things that I would rather do than move Terrence Steele to the left guard. I think I would rather kick t Tyler inside. You know, the development is fine for him, but at the same time, I want to, I want the best five offensive linemen out there. If Tyron Smith is that guy, if it's Tyler Smith, the left tackle, I mean, even play Farniak at the left guard spot or a draft pick. So I just think there's multitude of different things you can do that doesn't involve Terrence Steele playing left guard. That's just my two cents on that for whatever that's worth, but I kind of wanted to pivot off of this and Danny I'll start with you what is your best O-line configuration right now currently constructed that may include a draft pick an early round guy um, but what do you have as your starting five left or right 
I think in a perfect world where you have a healthy Tyron Smith, I'm going to put him back at, at left tackle, um, slide uh, Tyler Smith at left guard, and then have Beatish Martin and then Terrence Still. That would be my best five. And I really think, you know, you, got, you guys have all said it, and I think we all agree, but a player like Terrence, Smith, Terrence Steele, if you, if you look at his length and his quickness, I mean, he gets out, he gets off the ball quicker than any, any one of the best in the league. Definitely one of the best on our offensive line. Um, and he, he gets to a spot real quick. And I, I just don't think you want to waste that quickness and his length, you know, where he get his hand in the chest, you know, to, and move him inside. I think he has so many good traits that make him a, a really, um, I would say, good to, to, to great tackle prospect i mean he's still developing so i honestly think he would be pushing for for uh, a pro bowl consideration if he would have stayed healthy uh, i know people talk about his past protection but you know what i don't see it really i, I mean i i my, my judgment is a little different than what i hear people saying i i i think that he is he actually is is pretty good in 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 pass protection and, and he's fantastic and 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 um uh, you know with run and, uh, and running the ball and him and the chemistry that he and Martin have together, I mean, why would you want to change that? You know, they play off each other extremely well. I think that's that's a big part of it, too. And I just, you know, he's just one of those guys. Where, I mean, he's a sealer. He moves well, and he seals. He's not a guy that's going to square up on you, has good pad level that will take on these bigger defensive tackles, which is what you'd be asking him to do um, if you moved him inside. So just everything about this is just seems like a bad idea. And I think Terrence still is not only is I think he's, you know, the easy right tackle for us, but I think he's going to be our right tackle for the future. And I just think there's, let's not do one of those LC Collins things where it's like, well, maybe let's put him at guard and, you know, and do all this stuff. And you, you waste half his career because you don't know what to do with him. I mean, well, there's no point in doing it. this guy. He's on his, he's trending up. He's playing better with each year. Keep him there. He's going to be a star. You know, to your point, point, Danny, I want to ask you, Brandon, um, he sp- Danny spoke about he's higher on his pass blocking ability than some people are, but what you can't question is his his ability in the run blocking game. Like he's he's known for that. That's where he makes his name. Um, do you think this is an over exaggeration or maybe just too much of a an aggressive stupid move, for lack of a better term, to try to seal up that left guard spot when it comes to like run blocking? Do they do they think that they can move Terrence Steele inside and solve an issue that they may deem before the draft even gets here? And then add to that what your best online configuration is as well. It's definitely it's definitely like an over aggressive uh, nature, so, you know, because obviously Terrence Steele he's a heck of a run blocker, and I agree with Danny. I think he's a better pass blocker than people give him credit for. I think keeping him at right tackle is going to be where he's going to be. I'm I'm in line with Danny. I think he's the right tackle for for the next handful of years. You know, as long as the you know the numbers work out for him, I think he's just a talented guy. He's he's coming into his own as a right tackle. So I think it's an over aggressive over aggressive play to move him to left guard, you know, just because he is good at the run blocking game. I just, I just don't think it's the right configuration. And then speaking of my configuration, you know, I, I kind of alluded to it just a moment ago. I mean, Tyron Smith for me is still the left tackle until he says he doesn't want to play or he, you know, he, he just can't play anymore. And then Tyler Smith's going to be at left guard. And then center is Biotis. We know that. And then obviously Zach Martin's going to lock down the right guard position, you know, cause he's, he's going to be a future hall of famer. We all know that. And then Terrence Steele is the right tackle. And I'll just give you a couple bonus points here. I think right now I see the bench at this point. I see, you know, I see, I see a Doga. I think he's going to make, I think he's going to make the team. They, they wouldn't have made a move for him. I think he's, I think he's got some ability. I think he'll, I think he'll stick. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Farniok. I just want to see what's going to happen there. And then like, well, let's go. I, I'm curious with his injury history. I want to see how he does, but I do think, I do think the Cowboys are going to draft an offensive lineman at some point in the draft. I wouldn't be upset, you know, no matter where they go. The Cowboys have done really well in the draft, drafting offensive linemen. And, I, you know, the guy that I like, I, you know, I really like Andrew Voorhees out of USC. I think, you know, obviously it's an ACL situation at the Combine, which is unfortunate. But it's it's one of those things where the Cowboys have taken chances on injured players before late in the late in the season, or in this case at the Combine. And drafting a, a talented player at a, at a you know, at a, the latter part of the draft because – you know, because of injuries, and that'd be a guy you could essentially just redshirt. The Cowboys have redshirted players before. They they've done the quote unquote redshirt for guys like Josh Ball. You know, somebody who I don't care for, but you know they've done it for him. And, and Let's Go was essentially a redshirt. 
So it's not it's not out of the out of the realm of possibility of a guy like Voorhees just getting drafted in the you know, maybe round four, round five, you know, depending on where the Cowboys have him and, and, and just doing it that way. But yeah, the finger the configuration, I think, you know, I think that's it's Smith, Smith, Biotis, Martin, and Steele. That's that's the best five right now. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Did we lose Tony? Yeah, we lost Tony. Oh, man. All right, well, Chris, I guess it looks like it's you for your best five. Okay, well, my best five, um, if, if I was going best five, I would go with Tyler at left guard, Tyron at left tackle, um, Tyler Biotish at center, Zach Martin at right guard, and then Terrence Steele at right tackle. I'm not against, so if you want some consistency and if you want that kind of thing, I'm I'm okay with just keeping Tyler Smith at left tackle. I wouldn't move Terrence Steele, though. I would keep him at right tackle and honestly save Tyron Smith for situations when you may really, really need him. I mean, we've not had Tyron Smith throughout the season at some points throughout his career just because he's been playing too much. It's been too reliant on him. He gets hurt. Like, it wouldn't be a bad thing necessarily, especially with how much we're paying him this season. It's very incentive-based to have him come off the bench and maybe just be that, like, swing or maybe be that like just insurance option so i'm okay with either i think if you're asking me the best possible five tyron tyler and terrence are all on the field at the same time but if you want my opinion maybe maybe draft a left guard maybe get osiris out of florida maybe get someone really really good early since since this is a pretty loaded roster right now and the cowboys can kind of take whoever they want um i'm okay with that as well so i just think that terrence Steele at left guard would be the worst option possible yeah, you know what's interesting about that is I totally agree with you, Chris. And I kind of like was debating in my mind, like, do I want to preserve Tyron or do I want to, if he's healthy, let him play? And I think that's that's tough because obviously, you you know, his level of play, you know, when he's healthy, you want him out there. But at the same time, you also want him out there in the final stretch of the season mm-hmm. and playoff time. And so it makes it difficult. But I think what answers that question is, you know, what you guys were talking about earlier. If the Cowboys do draft somebody early and um they're able to contribute as a starter then you don't necessarily have to roll tyron out there then you you know it's it's one of those things the best five unless there's a setback with terrence still unless there's something else going on i don't think it's it it uh is absolutely necessary to play um tyron you know right away and maybe preserve i wanted them to do that with jason peters to be quite honest i know they were trying to like force them in because you know you want the strongest unit but it's like this guy has trouble staying healthy too so and of course he did get hurt and he missed some time too mm-hmm. i think you just want to preserve uh his health so that's that's my feeling on the the tyron smith thing but a perfect timing for tony yeah yeah i apologize literally my power went out so that was perfect timing you know it's never happened before but naturally while i'm hosting it that will happen uh i'm sorry i missed everything you guys said i'm sure it was awesome um you, you said some powerful things that cut my network two for this question here is i'll start with you chris um i i don't know if you gave your did you give your online configure i did yeah yeah okay. i did while you were gone okay is is are currently on the roster i i believe so yeah yeah no i think that it'll end up just being tyler smith being kicked into the left guard position that's what i think they'll end up doing um you know obviously if they go first round if they go like osiris out of florida or if they go 
maybe someone else early in the first or second round. Maybe that changes, but I think it's more likely that the Cowboys go best player available, and I don't think that Osiris will be the best player available at 26. I think someone flashy is going to fall, and Jerry Jones is going to get excited, and he's going to make a pick, you know, you know, kind of, you know, like that splash pick. Maybe it's JSN. Maybe it's someone else. But I think that it's going to end up being uh, Tyler Smith at left guard week one. Yeah, I agree with you, um, Chris. If if, if 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 Tony was was to ask me that question, I would I would I would say yes. Uh, but I want to throw in this thing too. And you know, Brandon was kind of talking about this earlier. He he just glossed over it. But I think that this could be a real possibility. Is what do you guys think about if Cowboys trying to work Josh Ball into that you know left guard spot? Because you know you saw him. We saw a little bit of him last season you know it wasn't terrible you know he would he was terrible you know you know in pass protection but he had some good reps too so is that out of the realm of possibility is maybe that he is on the roster and his name is josh ball oh no 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 way i i can't do it i can't do it uh, i i think the josh ball experiment for me is i think it's done and over with i'm, I'm ready to move on to be honest i'd like to see i'd like to see uh, some other guys come in and I really do like Osiris. And then, uh, as uh, Rick says down there, Avila is another choice out of TCU. I'm very high on him as well. I think either one of those guys would be a good fit. I like Osiris because, to me, if you're gonna, if you if you want a guard early, that's the guy to get. He reminds me, and I'm not saying he's gonna have the career that this player that Dallas had wearing number 73 back in the day, named Larry Allen. But he has a lot of those traits. He's, he just has that Mauler type ability. So if the Cowboys do take Osiris, that to me kind of tips their hand in the direction of maybe, maybe they're just uh, going to use maybe uh, Tyron Smith as a as kind of like a, you know a rotational guy, keep him in the mix a little bit. But that that could be tipping their hand to say, okay, we know Tyron's not got a full a full season in the tank. Let's you know let's let's solidify that left guard position because we know Tyler Smith can do well on the left on the left left side, and then you can also have Terrence Neal on the right side. So to me, I think. That might tip tip the hand of uh, where the Cowboys are, you know, how they view Ty- uh, Tyron Smith, you know, come draft time. But it's that it, Avila is also a good choice. There, there's a few other guys that I do like. Uh, I even like that Cody Mouch, the 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 gap the gap guy from uh, North Dakota State. I think he'd be an interesting player as well. But yeah, I think I think left guard. I think on the roster at this point, I do believe it's Tyler uh, Tyler Smith, and I think he's going to be our starter for the majority of the year. I appreciate Danny stepping in and kind of um, playing co-host there. So I, I really do appreciate that. And um, I don't know, Danny, if you got a chance to even talk about that. Um, I know you mentioned, because um, you had talked about it before, um, Josh Ball inside, um, separate to the left guard spot. Have we kind of forgotten about Matt? Well, let's go. Does he, does he figure into these plans at all in a serious manner, or are we kind of bypassing him? No, and first off, Tony, you know, I'll always be your your swing host. So left side, right side, whatever you need, you know, I'll fill in for you. And uh, but no, I actually think you know, talking about well, let's go. And kind of one of the things that I mentioned, Ball is is on the inside is because I really think well, let's go is our top swing. I mean, if he can stay healthy, he's had obviously he's had issues with the shoulder that's been really hindering his his career, um, and we didn't get to see very much of him last year. But I do think uh, what little we saw, we saw some promise. So I, he's a player I could see the Cowboys, you know, feeling confident about as as, as being their swing. Um, but and that, that that to me that opens up. Uh, well, what do you do with Josh Ball? And I know people like don't you know everyone hates Josh Ball. And I just I want to talk about you know we're talking about the players on our roster and who could help the team. And that's that's all this conversation is about in that regard. And so and that's where I feel like the Cowboys are. They're going to obviously he's got two more years on on his deal. They're going to try to figure out a ways to make uh, make it work. And that could just be a a position where you know he has some success and part of that could be they've already made a decision that well let's go he's our best swing option so why the the josh ball experiment on the outside maybe you know maybe over sorry uh yes so that's a good i do agree with that i here um now we've talked about the left tackle the left guard um what could happen with on the on the roster what they could do but what i want to ask and i'll start with you and doing an offense alignment in the uh 
I, I say no. I think there's other positions that are, are more. I think they're more of a need. But I, I would. It wouldn't surprise me if you if you had to put it on a level like a one to ten. It would. It'd be a mild surprise to see that you know to see them go offense line. I think it, it's it's one of those things where they could go depending on on the Tyron Smith situation. But I think there's other needs that are more important. I do think I do think a wide receiver, a cornerback, linebacker, because you know there's some depth issues there. I think there are other positions that are a little bit more important at this point. But if the best player is available and it happens to be, and that's who who you know the Cowboys feel is the right pick with Osiris, then I, I you know I could see it happening. I personally, I'd like to see a receiver or a cornerback, and I've been I've been sticking to that all off season. You get me a receiver and a cornerback in any order, first or second round. And then the rest of the draft, I don't, you know, we could, you know, whatever the Cowboys want to do, that that's cool. I just, just get me a, get me a receiver, get me a cornerback. I know we've gotten, we got Cooks, we got Gilmore, but those guys to me are, 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 are kind of band-aids at this point, which they're good band-aids. They're going to make the team really good this year, obviously. I mean, Cooks will be here for, for 2024, but I just think, you know, building towards the future, you know, you got to have, you know, you got to have some other options on the cornerback and you do have to, you know, you, you do need a, a quality receiver to come in. And I think, Josh Downs is a guy that I, I've been seeing flying up boards with his, his route running, his ability. I've been watching a lot of tape on him. I think he's a guy that could sneak in there at 26. I'm seeing him going as high as the, as the 25th pick, believe it or not, which, you know, the Cowboys could be right at 26 and take Josh Downs. And I think a lot of people wouldn't be that upset, I don't think, because he is an electric player and he does. And, and I think, and here's the thing, um, uh, Schottenheimer was actually at his pro day this, this past week here, the last couple of days. And uh, he's very he's very high in Josh Downs from what you know from what I've seen. So he'd be the kind of player that would be a, a, he'd be a jitterbug for that offense. And I think I think that's a that's a guy to look out for as well. So Chris, I want to ask you because you've been pretty vocal about some of their free agency uh, steps and missteps in your mind. Um, do you think offensive line is the right move in the in the first round, or do you think that they still haven't done enough free agency wise where you feel like they should go in a different way? I think it really all depends on who's available on the board. Like, I think that's here's the thing after the Tyler Smith pick, I'm never going to judge the Cowboys draft selections again. I hated the pick and it turned out like an amazing pick. So I'm not going to judge them regardless of where they go, but I, I can see a left guard. I really can. I think the Cowboys probably have a few skill position guys who they have at the top of their board who they're like, man, if they fall, like let's go all in, let's get them. And if they, get picked beforehand I could totally see them just saying okay well let's get a reliable left guard option let's fill out the offensive line and not and really I'm not opposed to that it just really comes down to who's on the board I'm very okay with beefing up the offensive line because I mean it's it's the most important position in football behind that quarterback position so I'm perfectly cool with that but if they were to pass on Jackson Smith and Jigba or pass on some of these other players who I think could have a bigger impact early in the season and throughout the rest of the season and 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 really throughout the future, then I would be kind of disappointed with it. So I'm, I'm okay with it, but I don't think it'll happen because I think someone's going to fall. I really do. I think someone's going to fall who maybe we're not really thinking is a possibility and the Cowboys will, will, um, you know, like, you know, like be excited about it and draft him, but I wouldn't be shocked. I really wouldn't be shocked if they just ended up getting with the safest pick in the draft, which, which could be that left guard out of Florida Osiris. Danny, I'm, I'm interested in your take on this. Um, I, I really don't know the answer. That's why I'm asking, and I'm intrigued what you'll think. Do you think that offensive line is the right pick here, and do you prescribe to best player available, or are you more attacking needs in the draft? Like, What is your overall draft strategy in your mind? Yeah, I'm always best player available. I don't I don't like to, to uh, drive myself towards needs at all, and that's why the, you know, the Cowboys front office, they do such a great job filling the voids and with all these unsexy free agent picks is because they don't want to have any holes going into the draft where they can draft pure. And one of the things too is, I mean, the last three drafts, we've all kind of been surprised. I mean, we weren't expecting like CD and we were thinking Patrick Sertan, you know, cornerback and, you know, when they took Micah and then last year, like we were all taken back into when they, when they drafted um, you know Tyler Smith. So I think the Cowboys are very good about like, you know, sticking to like if they see a player that they like and they have them graded high, it doesn't matter what we think. If they have them high and Jerry will show you his draft sheet to prove it, if they have them high, they're going to take them and it, it could end up being offensive line again. I don't think it will be because I don't feel like there's a lot of players that are in that group. I also don't really like the idea of using my top draft resource on a guard. I mean, I prefer an offensive tackle maybe with some guard flexibility 
you know, it, in a perfect world. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying no to anything, but it's not my ideal choice. So, I mean, if there could be one of the offensive tackles, you know, that ends up sliding, then I, then I think that's a different situation where the Cowboys could uh, jump on offensive line. But I don't know. I don't expect it because, you know, there's some really great, really great um, corners and receivers, and those are premium positions. If you can get a, a talent at a premium position, absolutely, that's the direction you should go. So I don't think so, but, you know, it's possible. And I will just, I will finish it off with, I think the Cowboys have done a really good job with the depth they have, even if it's, even if it's Matt Farniak playing left guard, that's he's shown that it's that's not terrible. Uh, so they're, they've had some, you know, free agent, you know, with uh, Chuma coming in and there. I mean, the Cowboys got Tyron back, which some of us maybe think thought that wasn't going to happen. So I think that the Cowboys have some depth. It's it could be better, but they have some depth. So they're certainly not forced to be making any, um, you know, Picks by need by any any reason. And I also want to say I agree. I think it would be fantastic if they did take a chance on the Voorhees guy. If he slides to day three, you know, that that would be a perfect situation to where you could capitalize on a development guy that you know for the future and at a low draft cost. So uh, you know, I could see the Cowboys going that direction, you know, to attack their line because they don't have to do anything big in this draft. You know, so I, I want to talk to you and ask you about this, Brandon. Uh, Chris kind of touched on it, and it kind of I agree with it. I think that the easy answer is Tyler Smith at left guard. I think if you can get Tyron Smith to his natural position, you know, knowing his injury history and understanding it may not be a long-term solution, but it may be the best, you know, week one. Um, do you think if they don't at least, you know, present that idea or possibly have that idea that they're doing themselves a disservice in the here and the now for the sake of development down the road? I understand Tyler Smith is going to be the left tackle of the future and future may be here now, but in 2023, in your mind, what is the best scenario in that situation? I mean, I think, I mean, you, you, Tony, you make a, that's a great question. I, I think you're right with the, the five the five guys that I have, you know, that we talked about, you know, Tyra Smith being a left tackle, you know, I, I do agree with Chris where you could, you could also make him, you could make him into the swing tackle and you could put, you could put Tyler Smith where you're going to eventually put him in at left tackle, Terrence Neal at, at right tackle. So, you know, you know, what I think will, you know, what I think could happen is they really, they could attack that guard position or like, you know, like, like the guys have been saying, you could, you know, if a tackle falls, you, you, you could, you, you know, that, that might force your hand a little bit too. And I, and I don't think – I think Tyler Smith's a good enough player where I don't think it's going to necessarily stunt his growth as a, as a future left tackle. But I think we're going to find out exactly how the Cowboys feel about this offensive line and primarily Tyron Smith by – I wouldn't even say just day one. I would, you know, I would even say day two, day three here. By the end of the draft, we're going to know exactly where, where the Cowboys stand. And, and, and again, if, if, if Osiris is, is the guy at 26 – I think that swing tackle uh, situation is going to be more of a Tyron Smith situation just because we just know his availability. Again, it's just not, it's not there. So it, it, it to me, that, that is the second most likely situation. I believe, I think the starting five that we, that I, that I mentioned is, is going to be the five, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, a, you know, at, at some point Tyron Smith gets hurt and we just have to, we have to make this move. And even a Farniak could, could, you know, slide in there. Farniak's been capable, like Danny said. You know, I'm not opposed to that. But this draft is going to tell us exactly where the Cowboys stand. That's it's by, by when we're talking about this the Tuesday after the draft, we're going to have a lot of ideas on where this offense line is going to be heading into the 2023 season. Makes a lot of sense. I I wanted to get your take on it because I I knew where you would come from. At least I I thought I know where you come from, and it, it's a well solid take there. I want to get to the super chat from what's a matter. Um, thank you for the super chat. Um, and I believe I had to confirm this is about Josh Ball, the man that we don't speak of. I know um <laughs> that Danny was presenting this idea. Danny, I want to ask you: Is Josh Ball? Experiment at left guard not as absurd as maybe the Terrence Steele situation is because I feel like. At the same level, I don't think anybody was thinking of those two before today started at left guard. Well, first off, uh, I don't think you're honoring Wasamata's request. So uh, I'll refer to him as Joe Bat. And I think that, uh, no, I, I mean, I think that he's in the mix of left guard. And he's, a, he's a big player and a big guy. And, he, you know, I think that he plays more and runs support stronger than um, than he does in past 
protection. And this is one of those type of situations we were talking about Terrence Still to guard, you know, and wine. How how stupid would that be? Well, this is one of those situations where it makes more sense because he he actually does uh, do things better that could be more um, suitable to play inside. So uh, yeah, I, I think that that's I think Joe would be a candidate for you know uh, left guard. I think the Cowboys have a lot of options. You know, and you mentioned Farniak before too. It's he he'll be in his third season. And remember, he he was a late round draft pick and. He kind of came along a lot farther than uh, you know we expected. So I mean, who knows what um, what what that what he could be in year three? So I think there's there are certainly lots of options. Um, I will say I, the Cowboys they have choices. I mean, I honestly think you know Tyron coming back it just makes things a whole lot easier. The Cowboys can do so many different things now. They could draft a, a player on day one. They don't have to. They could draft someone later that could, they've been doing really good at the guys they've been drafting. And you know what? They don't even have to draft them because no, deterrent still is an undrafted free agent. And, and so uh, these guys have a knack for picking players that can come in and make a difference. And so I, I honestly feel really good about the Cowboys offensive line. I think the, the, the Tyron Smith piece just changes everything because it just gives them a little bit of extra insurance, flexibility or whatever you want to call it and allows them to, to just uh, be a little bit more fl- uh, flexible in how they they uh, pursue the, figuring this out, and I'm interested to see how it's going to play out. But it's not, it's one of the position groups that I'm not really overly worried about. So, Chris, I mean, I know you had mentioned um, the Tyler Smith situation. I kind of want to wrap up the segment by asking you to kind of elaborate more in your, your mind. Do you feel reason other than messing up his development for why you wouldn't want him at left guard? That's really the only reason why. I mean, I think that he could fit tremendously at left guard, especially in our run packages when you're pulling your guards and when you're having them move a lot. I think Tyler Smith could crush the left guard position. The only thing that concerns me is, again, the LL Collins thing where you're switching up the offensive line position. I just He did really well. I mean, he was the best rookie left tackle you know, last season, in my opinion, he really impressed and he impressed me so much last season. So I'm that's the only thing that concerns me regarding Tyler Smith. I'm sure he could do it. I mean, to be fair, he practiced left guard throughout all of uh, camp last season, I'm pretty sure. And then when Tyron Smith went down, he was like, OK, we got to throw you at left tackle. Like, you know, like I'm sure he he's very capable of switching position and doing well. So I think best possible five on the field is Tyler Smith at left guard. The only concern and drawback I have is his development. And if that messes with his momentum right now that he has playing that left tackle position and you got to kind of weigh risk versus versus reward. If they feel like that could mess with his momentum heading forward, you don't want to kind of mess around with your future at left tackle. So I don't know. I'm, and like that's why I'm not opposed to just drafting a left guard at some point in the draft who you feel comfortable with and keeping Tyler at left tackle. Makes a lot of sense, and I kind of want to reset the room a little bit here. Um, like I said, we are keeping score. This is a regular round table. Just because it's not RJ doesn't mean I'm not keeping track here. I will say right now, as it stands, we have a two-way tie at second place, and it's Brandon and, and Chris at 25 apiece, and right now Danny's got 27. I give him two points right now because he held it down for me while I was gone. I'm sure you guys did a great job, but but Danny, uh, as the elder statesman in the group, he really kind of helped me when I, I got the internet gremlins, we like to say here. So um, with that being said, I want to kind of pivot to another Danny topic, something that Danny presented in our pre show meeting i guess we could say in the business um one of the questions he wanted to present so i'll ask you first danny um what storyline has the best chance of derailing the cowboys offense in 2023 is that the offensive line or is it somewhere else that you may go for the reason for non-success on the offense this year yeah great question by the way i mean whoever came up with that um i will say (laughs) i will say that uh to me, I feel you know I've been one of the most critical uh, people of, of Dak Prescott because I think that there are times when he doesn't play his best, and I think that has a huge impact on the Cowboys' um, performance, their, their offense, and their and as a team. So it would be easy for me to choose that because obviously I think we're all hoping that he plays better next season. But I'm not choosing that. I'm going to choose. I'm I'm sticking to my guns. And what I think is the Cowboys' biggest mistake they did this year, and that is changing out their play caller. So to me, I feel like the biggest thing that could derail this 
is Mike McCarthy's a fraud. It, hypothetically, Mike McCarthy just he was doing things that he was doing, and you know that got him fired in Green Bay. And you know they were playing. You know if you go back and look, I mean his last full season in Green Bay, they they, they were like the bottom five in third quarter point score. They just so I don't I don't think McCarthy adjusts as well as people would want their offensive coordinator to do. So I I am a little worried about that because I feel like everything else is there. I mean, we got Brandon Cooks now. I mean, how happy are we about that? I mean, obviously, I feel I feel fantastic. Not only Cooks, but Michael Gallup's going to be further along in his his recovery. So that looks outstanding. Dex, he's going to be, he's going to play better. I mean, that's just, that's a foregone conclusion. I'm not even worried about that. And then if you look at the offensive line and how well it's playing, there's just really nothing that could derail this thing except Mike McCarthy. So to me, if you ask me, how could this thing go south? Uh, it's going to be Mike McCarthy buries himself with uh, and shows the whole entire world that that was a mistake while the Chargers are playing in the conference championship game. So that's uh, that's my biggest fear on the offensive side. Brandon, um, you know, we you know, Danny's talked about Mike McCarthy a lot. We've had, you know, we I've spoken, you know, on my own show, first and 10 podcast saying that, you know, I think this is a big year for Mike McCarthy. It's obvious. It's glaring. It's his show now. So um, what Danny's saying to me has a lot of validity. I think there there is a lot on his shoulders and and some people either sink or swim in those scenarios. Are you going in a similar fashion or do you think it may be possibly the offensive line like we've been talking about all show? That's exactly where I'm going. I'm saying the offensive line, and I'm not saying because of the guys we have on the on the roster. It's because of the the injury history and, and the current injury situation with Terrence Steele. We we know we know Timer Smith. We talked about it, you know, ad nauseum. You know, he he doesn't he doesn't play a full season. We get that. I just get my my concern is if that you know if that rears ugly head like it has, and then Terrence Steele doesn't come back to full strength. I you know, in modern medicine is a beautiful thing, but. You know, and the ACL is no joke, no matter what. And, and, and if for some reason he just, you know, he's he just hasn't gotten it back. I mean, we saw what happened. It's a different position. But Michael Gallup had his ACL, and he, you know, his this this past season was a lost season. I get he's a, you know, I get it's a way different position, but you still have to be able to be have that quickness off the line. And I just, you know, I, I think he'll be a okay. But that that could that could really derail the, the Cowboys this year because. God forbid, and I'm not putting any bad juju out there, but if, if, if Tyron Smith and Terrence Steele, you know, a combination or both of them, you know, miss some time and, and maybe the Cowboys didn't draft, uh, didn't address anybody, you know, on the offensive line for the draft, that could be, that could be an ugly situation because then, yeah, you have all these playmakers, you have Dak Prescott, but if he doesn't have time to throw the ball, what, what are these playmakers good for then? I mean, Brandon Cooks, what's he going to do? He's just going to, it's like, it's like keeping him locked up in the barn, so to speak. You're, you you got to let the thoroughbreds go and then, the offensive line, you know, if God forbid something happens there and, you know, and they just, they just don't give Dak enough time to get, you know, get the, you know, these weapons, the ball, then that, that's going to derail the season in my book. I just, it all comes down to me, the offensive line. Dak Prescott is, you know, he is a great quarterback. I think, I think we all can agree on that, but the offensive line to me is the most important uh, group on this offense, because if the offensive line is good, that train is going to be moving. Dak's going to have a heck of a season. We're going to see a good season out of the running game and the pass game. It all starts up up front, and it has to stay good if the Cowboys are going to be anywhere sniffing their NFC championships or even the Super Bowl. Hopefully, Chris. So you've you've had um, you've you stuck your neck out a little bit on social media and talked about Dak Prescott and just what this year means for him and what the rest of you know the team could look like moving forward if the Cowboys don't get over the hump. So I, I set that layup, that alley oop for you here to say, are you going Dak Prescott is the number one thing that can derail, or are you going in a different re- direction here? I have two answers. I think the offensive line is the biggest chance of derailing them in the regular season. I think Dak Prescott is the biggest chance of derailing them in the playoffs. And I hate to say that I'm sure I'll lose points and I won't win the round table because of that, but he's two and four in the playoffs and in four out of his six games that he's played in the playoffs, he's only thrown for one touchdown pass. And, you know, those interceptions are a problem. I think that Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback. I think I have him ranked 10th. I really do. I think he's a great quarterback and I think he's a great leader. And I think he's a great character to have in that locker room. I have nothing but praise for Dak, but he's shown throughout his career that he's really 
he shines in the regular season and he hasn't gotten over that playoff hump. So I'm not concerned about him during the regular season being the reason why this offense fails. I'm more worried about the depth that offensive line and the injury history of Tyron Smith and 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 uh, the injury history of even Terrence Steele now coming back from that ACL. My concern, I think that Dak will get over the hump this postseason as I think the Cowboys will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. That's my early pick. I really do. I think this won't be the issue, but my biggest fear is just what history has shown us, and that's Dak unable to get past that um that uh that uh, divisional round of the playoffs. So I guess I have two answers, but I think. It, it, I think the regular season and the postseason both deserve a different answer. Danny, I'm interested in your take in this. I mean, because I know you've um, you've had some, you know, you've had some articles on blogging the boys on the site talking about Dak Prescott, and ultimately you had talked about you know what the need was for weapons, or if it's just Dak Prescott needs to step up in certain situations. So, do you kind of echo the sentiment that Chris is talking about, or do you have a slightly different take on that? Well, slightly different, but I mean, I definitely, you know, I com- I commend him for, you know, pointing out something that needs to be said is that there are there are times when Dak Prescott just doesn't play to the level that he should for the Cowboys to be successful. I don't really necessarily think it's a he's chokes in the postseason kind of thing. I I really think he had some struggles in the re- in the regular season down the stretch, and also he play- he played one of the best games I've ever seen against Tampa Bay. So he was ready to go in that game. Um, he he didn't play well the following week, but I think there are a lot of factors that kind of come into play. So I'm really not worried about Dak so much. Uh, obviously, I really feel like he's got to play well for us to, to to win a Super Bowl. There's there's no doubt about it. And if he does play well, I feel really confident about our chances because you know, and, and like you mentioned those articles I, that I wrote. Cowboys don't lose when Dak plays at a certain level of Cowboys. This isn't like Tony Romo's team when they still lose because the defense is just, you know, trash. No, they, they do not lose. They, when Dak plays well, they, the Cowboys win. But I want to just say, kind of circle this all together as far as why I chose what I chose as far as these three scenarios. And I think, you know, you both, you know, great points about offensive line. Certainly it's a possibility, but let's not forget, they have been dealing with this for the last three years. I mean, 2020 was atrocious, you know, health-wise. Last year wasn't ideal. I mean, we lose, you know, Tyron Smith has missed so, all kinds of games. So I feel like the Cowboys, we, we've actually already been there, and we've shown that we can survive because the Cowboys are making postseason runs in a couple of those seasons. So that's why I'm less worried about it. I mean, it's certainly something that could happen, but I, I think the Cowboys can get by there. Uh, and same with Prescott, I just feel like I think we're probably more likely to see the better version of him in that regard. That's why my answer is McCarthy, because unless we're going to time travel back to his early days in Green Bay where he's, you know, the play calling was fantastic and he wasn't just relying on Aaron Rodgers to get him out of third and 17s. I mean, unless that that changes, I'd feel like we could be in line for maybe something a little more conservative, a little less exciting with, you know, Kellen and a little bit more like, what is he doing? The frustrations that I had watching Green Bay play, like, what is he doing? That's the, that's the reason. I feel like the sampling and the, the evidence that we have is why uh, I'm putting my um, chips towards the McCarthy concern in that one. So, you know, it wouldn't be fair, Brandon, if I didn't give you a chance to kind of talk about the Dak Prescott conversation here. But before I do that, I want to give my take and I want to have give you the responsibility of of telling me what I say is if it is it crazy or does it make sense? So it's all on you to tell me if I'm if I'm a lunatic with this take here. But I think, you know, when you look at Dak Prescott, I think for me, he's he's squarely entrenched in the top 10 inside of it somewhere, wherever you want to put them, that's totally up to you and fine. But where I'm comfortable at this point, at least what I've seen as he goes into his 30th year in the NFL is I don't know if he'll ever be like top five. I don't know if he'll ever be a consensus top five quarterback, but I don't think he needs to be. If he can be in that six to 10 with this roster, this team can win a Super Bowl. If Dak Prescott's anywhere solidly in that six to 10 range, I don't think we need to see Dak Prescott in the same breath as a Pat Mahomes or, or any of these guys that are in the upper echelon of quarterbacks. Um, it, the team that they're building around him or the, the, what they're doing around him should be enough as long as he plays somewhat mistake-free football. So again, I don't know if Dak will ever be a top five guy. I think, and, you know, it, it, I guess that's up for debate if you ask somebody in the, in the fan base. So 
before I ask you for your Dak Prescott take on this situation, is that a crazy take on my end? No, I think it's a very fair take. I, I do think I, I do think I'm a little more optimistic that he can be a top five quarterback, but I, I am more in line where I think he's he's safely in that six to ten range. And like you said, you, you made a great point. Six, top six, you know, six to ten is still, you know, with the with the players you have around him on offense, with the Micah Parsons and the rest of the boys on defense, that is all you need, you know, to 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 make it to the you know, make it to the the promised land. So Tony, your your take was not crazy at all. I actually, I'm sitting there listening to it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm pretty much in line with everything you said. Perfect. Pandering, pandering. I love that. Go ahead, Chris. You got something? Yeah. Um. And honestly, I agree with you too. But my thing is, is that that's why I think the Dak Prescott factor is the biggest like X factor to me because at the end of the day, it's going to be up to his interceptions, his ability to step up when things go sour around him, when things don't going well. So that's why he's kind of that X factor in my opinion, in the playoffs, you know, I mean, in his six games, he's thrown five interceptions, you know, he, and like last season was a turnover problem. So I think that's, that's overall, I think he will do it. And I think he will get over the hump, but that's why that's my answer for the playoffs is because he's yet to show that he can do it. Everything else on this roster is looking about as good of a Cowboys roster as I've been alive for on paper. I know I'm young, but still like, you know, like that's, you know, it's saying something. This defense has no reason to not be the best defense in the NFL next season after adding Gilmore and after adding these defensive draft picks. And and this offense, I mean, it's gotten better, in my opinion, with um with adding Brandon Cooks and what you're going to do in the draft. So it's really going to come down to the unknown. And I think Danny's point, too, like Mike McCarthy is an unknown. So I think that that's a good choice as well. I think it's going to come down to how Mike McCarthy calls plays and how Dak Prescott handles the football and and if he's able to not turn the ball over as much as last season. So that's why I said I think Dak Prescott would be would be high on my list of things that concern me, but not because he's bad, just because everything else around him is so great, in my opinion, and proven at this point. Brandon, you get your hand up? Yeah, I I mean, you guys make great points. I, I think I think Dak, with, with the weapons that he's going to have this year, this is this is the I think this is the best assortment of, of toys he's had on offense, arguably, since he's been a cowboy, and in my opinion. I think at this, you know, with, with how Dak has played in the postseason, I, I feel like especially last year, sure, they had the really good, you know, the wild card game where it ended Tom Brady's career. We got the first win over the GOAT. We, that was that was great. But, you know, to me, what reared its ugly head was, you know, in the divisional round, which, you know, that you know, we were getting closer to that, you know, NFC Championship, Super Bowl caliber, you know, type, uh, you know, performance from him. But I, I think my issue is, where, what toys did he have to play with last year? It was, you know, you had C.D. Lamb, of course. Dalton Schultz, you know, he, you know, he had his moments, but sometimes, you know, you don't know what you're going to get out of Dalton Schultz. Michael Gallup, you know, I give him, I give him a pass because he's still coming back from a serious injury. So to me, I think when you're adding a, a you know, a Brandon Cooks to this team, and Michael Gallup's another year removed from the ACL, which you know they've said in the past, and you've seen it on the field with all these different players over the years. Then second year after the ACL is where these guys get back to the closest of their, their previous form. So for me, it, it's Dak Prescott. I'm not too concerned. If he, if he becomes a top five quarterback, I am happy. I'll be ecstatic. But six through 10, that's, that's enough for me to, you know, he's still going to be in the upper, upper echelon of quarterbacks in the league. And, you know, the, the, the offensive coordinators, you know, situation, Mike McCarthy, that whole thing, I, I think it's going to work out fine. I, I'm not too concerned. At the end of the day, they're gonna put. I feel like they're the team's gonna be, you know, especially McCarthy. He's, you know, he, you know, he. If he doesn't get the job done this year, he's, you know, I think he's out the door. So I think, I think he's gonna lay all the chips out. And this is why they have the Brandon Cook. This is why, you know, this is why they're bringing all these different pieces in because I do think they're really gonna start using their players to the best of their abilities, and that includes Tony Pollard as well. I mean, that's that offense, CD Lamb. It, it to me, it's 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 going to take. I think this offense is honestly. I think you know this might you might be disagree. You might both disagree. You all disagree with me on this, but I think this I think this offense is going to go to a different level than we, we you know that we've we've seen in in recent years. I just think the offense is going to be really good, and I think Dak's due for a monster season. And I think the interception totals are going to go go down a good chunk as well. Awesome. You know, speaking of a monster season, I want to ask. Chris, I mean, you can pick yourself here, but who do you think took the crown tonight? I know we're wrapping it up here, and I want to ask and see. Again, I'm not above picking myself. I've done it many times. Are you going to go that route here? Um, I've picked myself many times, so I'm not against that route either, but I'm not going to do it tonight. I'm going to give it to Danny because he did step up when you were having your internet gremlins coming at you, and and you know the power went out, and I think he gave some very solid answers. You know, 
I mean, I think that Danny should take it. I think Brandon did great. I think we all did great. I think we all gave different opinions and gave some insight and, and you know, gave some facts to back it up. But but I would have to give it to Danny here. Danny, what do you think? You're going to go modest or are you going to go ahead and pick yourself? Yeah, no, I'm going modest. I'm not picking myself. and I'm, I'm never going to pick myself. I'm not going to be, what is it, Reese, Reese Witherspoon in election voting for herself or something. I, <laughs> you will, I will not do that. But, you know, I am going to share the love a little bit and I'm going to just swing it over you know, over to, to the, this direction here and go with Brandon. I think, I actually think everybody had made some great points tonight and there was a lot that I agreed with. Um, but I, I think that uh, Brandon mentioned some additional options too, that, you know, could come into play, you know, some, some draft picks, you know, he's some candidates that he threw out there. And um, no, so yeah, I'm just gonna, that's, that's where I'm going to go tonight. Perfect. So, and I'm glad, I'm glad that the commenter just said that. So I actually want to ask one more question for, for Danny and for Brandon, real quick, Chris, I'll get your take on it too, but it'll be more for like a constellation. Real quick, in a sentence or two, what else do you want to see from them pre-draft? I'll start with you, Brandon. What do you want to see from this team that you haven't seen yet leading up to the draft? I just want to see way more smoke screens. I just want to I want I just want to see all these all the smoke screens in the world because it is smoke screen season. And if you have the smoke screens up, a lot of times those players that you really are, you know, you really want at 26. They might make the slide because maybe the Giants and some other teams say, oh, they're not going to draft this guy or that guy. No way. They can maybe make a swing or, you know, to the next round. So smoke screens, I want to see more of those. Let's keep doing that. That's 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 what I want to see. Danny? Well, I don't know if I'm going to get my wish pre-draft, but if there's one thing that I really want to see happen is I want them to lock up this quarterback we've been talking about because I think the price is going to go up, and I think the Cowboys are absolutely they must get it done before the season starts because they're going to be in a really bad spot if they have to do this negotiation um, this time next year. So to me, that is why I am choosing that is my one thing that I still would like to, I think they could tie a nice little bow on this excellent off season. I think they're having by locking up Prescott long-term. Chris, you still get to stand on the podium, but it's not for the gold. But what do you think here in a, in a sentence or two, what do you want to see pre-draft they haven't done so far? I would love to sign Jonathan Hankins. No, no, listen. Yeah, no, no, seriously. <laughs> seriously, 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 though, since I've already lost, according to you and according to Brian in the chat, I'm going to throw a Hail Mary and just get my honest opinion. It's not going to happen, but I'm going to keep pushing it. I want DeAndre Hopkins. I want to get DeAndre Hopkins, especially if the value is going down lower and lower and it's going to be somewhere in a, in a day three pick. Why not? Why not go all in? If we want to give Dak as many weapons as possible to win, let's do it. Let's get DeAndre Hopkins. Let's get C.D. Lamb. Let's get Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks. Let's draft a tight end. Let's get Bijan. Let's get the whole offense cooking. This defense is already the best defense in the league. Let's give Dak as much weapons as possible. So, you know, Hail Mary. I know it's not going to happen the same way I'm not going to win tonight, but I want DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver. That was a Jalen Hurts Hail Mary, by the way. (laughs) About 10 yards. And, you know, the, the the hits keep on hitting. And Danny, guess what, brother? Danny's the winner tonight. I'm going to give it to Danny. Danny, you got a, you got an acceptance speech. They like you. They really like you. I know they said love you, but go ahead. Danny, the floor is yours. No, you know, it's I'm, I'm always honored to be, uh, you know, the roundtable winner. Um, usually it's some obscure scoring system that RJ has. So, I mean... I don't. I mean, I'm not hanging up these things on my refrigerator. But uh, you know, it's nice to get get it uh, with Tony making the decisions, and certainly, you know, the, all the uh, feedback we get from the commenters, you know, it means a lot. So it it's great with sharing this, you know, opportunity with these guys and just being able to talk Cowboys football. And that's uh, definitely that makes me a winner to be able to do that. Totally agree. What do you think, Brandon? Uh, number two, it's the first loser. No, I, I'm. I was gonna say you, you didn't even, Tony. You didn't even ask me who I wanted to, you know, to pick as the winner. I wasn't even gonna pick myself this time. I was picking Danny all along. So I, I'm oh. glad it worked out this way. I think Danny did a did a heck of a job, uh, you know. And he, you know, he held the fort down with your internet gremlins. I know a thing or two about that, so I, I feel your pain on that, Tony. And uh, you know, and Tony, you did a heck of a job tonight as well, even with the internet gremlins. And and Chris, Chris is always bringing that fire with that DeAndre Hopkins stuff. I don't totally dis. I, I I'm not totally you know dis disagree in a disagreement with the DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's a little wild that it'll, it'll happen, but I think everybody did a heck of a job. But Danny just Danny just knocked out of the park on all fronts tonight. So I, I think I think it's a great choice on your part, Tony. I appreciate it, honestly. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's so my luck 
that this would happen on a day that I'm hosting instead of just somebody on the round table, which, you know, I do a lot. So I do appreciate that. And in typical fashion, I'm supposed to do something crazy here. But Chris, you can either do something wild, get us out of here with the sound or delegate it. And and don't pick Danny. He won. So it's going to either be you or Brandon. Do something crazy. Um, let what me hear it. What do you got? If you let me know what anything you is. want, think about the most obscure, crazy, just out of your mind sound that you can think of. I can make a pretty good elephant sound. I'm in. Let's hear it. Do it. It's not bad. Not bad at all. You know what I'll do? Yeah. I'm about to say it's pretty solid.